didn't realize I was preaching a marriage seminar today up here, kissing and hugging. Amen. Pastor, I was raised under, he passed in, uh, I think it was early 2000, but he always said, and I told my wife, I said, when we got married in 99, I said, he's going to say this at our wedding. I said, he says it at every wedding. I said, you just be prepared. But his quote was this, and I believe it. He said, if you keep courting in the marriage, you'll keep your marriage out of the corpse. Anybody believe in that? <laughs> and, uh, I'm going to very thankful to be a part of Cornerstone. Amen. It is uh, always um, an honor to be here. And um, I look forward to coming to Spokane. And this is a God blesses places. Lots of scripture to substantiate that. He blesses people, but he blesses places. And I believe God's hand is on this place. And um, we give honor to Brother and Sister Mayo and their leadership. And uh, we appreciate them very, very, very much. And um, we never take this lightly or tritely. And I have sought the Lord about this service and um, a lot of things that are going to transpire um, in the next couple of weeks. But um, nothing else matters to me right now except what's going to happen in this place here in the next hour or so. And um, I just I just feel, I feel eternity at stake. And um, I, I want uh, to turn your attention to uh, the book of Numbers 22. Actually, Numbers 26, I apologize. Um, but as you're turning there, I... I felt to give you um, a small admonishment here. Um, there's a lot of spiritual warfare going on right now. Um, and with that comes pressure. There's a lot. Of, I, don't, I don't know if I've ever felt... Um, stuff traversing as it's traversing right now. Um, I sat uh, praying last night. Oh, God. I felt like under an open heaven. But there, there's so many things crisscrossing and intersecting. And um, th this is good advice for any time, but it's really good advice when there's a lot of spiritual warfare going on, and and I want you to I want you to listen real closely. Um, 
real, someone say this with me, real feelings. Say real feelings. Now I want you to say false information. And say that again, real feelings, false information. Okay. Now is not the time to be shadow boxing. Okay, you hear me? And, and that's the game he plays when there's spiritual warfare going on is he makes things appear. That's his whole work. That's his, the essence of his being. He, that's it. It's deception. He makes things appear one way. And then he wants you to innervate yourself, exhaust yourself. And the issue is really not even the issue. I felt very strong to admonish you. Do not make decisions right now on feelings. It's going to feel so real. It's going to seem so clear. Let this just kind of roll a while. You stay plugged in, keep praying. And you're going to feel better. You're going to feel different about this in a month or two. Don't do something knee jerk, irrational, because you feel something. Just trust what I'm telling you. And as this unfolds, I felt like the Lord spoke to me this morning and said, if you would trust what I'm telling you right now, he would quickly affirm this so that it could make the connection in your mind. And if that connection's ever made, I speak with conviction because he's made that connection for me. If I feel this or I feel that or I feel or this seems like this or this. Just hold your ground. And, and let's just keep praying, keep doing what's right, and um, you, you're going to see what I'm talking about. It's going to, when it all shakes out, you're going to go, oh, my God, I'm sure glad I didn't do that. Okay. I told you, and so you, in fact, it might be good for somebody just to write that down somewhere. Real feelings with false information. Numbers 26 and verse number 9. And the sons of Eliab, Nemuel and Dathan and Abiram, this is that Dathan and Abiram, which were famous in the congregation. Well, there's some things I don't want to be famous for who strove against Moses and against Aaron in the company of Korah when they strove against the Lord. And the earth opened her mouth and swallowed them up together with Korah. When that company died, what time the fire devoured 250 men. And they became a sign. I'm just thankful that you can just keep reading. Praise God. Next verse. 
I'm going to preach the paint off these walls this morning. Oh, devil should have never messed with me this week. I'm, I'm going to make him pay today. Notwithstanding. Someone say notwithstanding. I got to tell you about this word. It's an awesome word. It means in spite of. Yes. I mean, you're going to have a hard time finding a worse verse in the whole Bible than verse number 10. But thank God for an in spite of. Somebody help me right now. Notwithstanding, in spite of all of that trash, we just had to work our way through. Come on, the judgments of God, co-conspirators, are you hearing me? Korah with a bad spirit, men being destroyed, the judgments of God, ugly. I mean, it's just ugly, ugly, ugly. But in spite of all of that, in spite of the ugly, The children of Korah died not. <laughs> oh, God. And notwithstanding, the children of Korah died not. Now I'm going to hold my title for a few moments. I want to work towards this. If you would, would you put your Bibles down? I need to deputize some folks right now. In Jesus' name, if, you, if you're very thankful, if you come from a rich heritage, if you were raised in the church, if you had God-fearing parents, I'm, I'm employing you right now. I am asking you, I am beseeching you that you would, the Bible says to whom much is given, much is required. I'm asking you to help me today. If you were raised in a, in a God-fearing home, you have a debt to pay. You have a debt to pay. And in fact, the further we go along here, I'm realizing that those who both parents are, were in the church, you were that's becoming a rare deal. Okay? You've got a debt to pay. And I'm asking you to pay some of that debt by helping me preach today. God's given me a word. If you're grateful for that wonderful, God-fearing, safe home that you were raised in, I need you to help me preach this and push this through. Would you just lift your hands right now and ask God to help us here for the next few moments? Come on. I need that cornerstone cry. It's different than all others. I need that cornerstone cry. Come on, I feel something bubbling up. I said, I feel something bubbling up. If you believe the Lord's going to do something beautiful, and powerful and life-changing. Come on, I want you just to give God a big praise in advance for it. Come on, give God a big praise for it right now. Hallelujah, Jesus.
Jesus. You're going to make the difference in somebody's life today. Come on. You're going to make the difference in somebody's life. I believe that something will be redeemed in this service. God is going to reach in and redeem something for his glory. Come on, today in this house. Praise God. You can be seated. Thank you for standing. Oh, I'm real hesitant to start this way because uh, we might just have a runaway train here quickly in, in a good way, but I, I want to point out something in chapter 26 of Numbers, verse number 9 that I read to you just kind of leapt out to me here this morning as I was reading to you, the Bible says this is that Dathan. Someone say that Dathan. It's that Dathan. It is that Abiram. That Dathan. There is a distinguishing note here. It is that Dathan. It is that Abiram. There is a separation here, scripturally. This is more than just a stale statement. This is a statement of separation. God is distinguishing this Dathan and this Abiram from every other Dathan and Abiram. It was that Dathan. Now, the thing that leapt in my spirit as I read this to you just a few moments ago is in my mind I went back to John chapter number 11 and there is a, parent, there is a parenthetical statement that's made in John chapter number 11. Lazarus is sick. We know that Lazarus is going to die. But in that parenthetical statement in John chapter number 11, it connects this dying man to a lady named Mary and it says it was that Mary. Again, it's a distinguishing statement. God is distinguishing that Mary from all the other Marys and that Dathan and that Abiram from all the other Dathan and Abirams. John 11 says it was that Mary, and it goes in to what that Mary did who broke the alabaster. But it was that Mary who worshiped. Ladies and gentlemen, decisions distinguish us. Decisions are distinguished. I want to admonish somebody here right now. Just like Abiram and Dathan are distinguished for bad decisions. Come on. I want to be on the other side of things where Mary is distinguished because of And can I just say this? Come on. You don't have to keep being on the bad side. Come on. Of something being distinguished. You can switch sides. Come on. Over to the Mary side. It was that Mary that was a worshiper. It was that Mary that was faithful. It was that Mary that was God-fearing. God makes distinctions. God makes distinctions. And the scripture says it was that Dathan and 
that Abiram. Now, to give you a little history, Numbers chapter 16 records the coming together of four men, namely Korah, Dathan, Abiram, and a man named On. Shortly and concisely, let me just share with you a little bit of the narrative. These men were against Moses, led by their leader, Korah. Their objective was to turn the loyalty of the people against Moses. It's revealed to Moses, and in verse number 24, Moses tells the people, get away from the tabernacle. Oh, I don't have time to preach this, but get away from the tabernacle of Kor and Dathan and Abiram. Get away from it. In fact, it not only, Moses not only admonishes them to get away from these men. He says, don't touch anything that belongs to them, lest you be consumed in their sins. Don't even find yourself standing in the shadow of their, their tent door. You stay away from these men. Now, obviously, everyone did not receive this admonishment because the Bible says that when God chooses to judge Korah and these co-conspirators, the Bible says that the ground opened up and that it swallowed Korah and it swallowed the co-conspirators that had stood next to him in their insurrection of types against Moses. Not only does the ground open up and swallow these men, but the Bible says that fire moves in and it consumes 250 others. Stay with me, going. I'm going somewhere right now. To me, this is one of the saddest stories in the Old Testament. This is one of the saddest stories to me in the entire Bible. In fact, if you look at Korah and where Korah comes from, and you look at Korah's assignment, his life assignment, if you look at the tribe that Korah comes, uh, originates from, and you look at the responsibilities that come with being a Korahite, listen to what I'm telling you. Come on, it's a tragic story. God never intended for Korah's life to end up like this. It's one, come on, and unfortunately I have seen this recycle too many times in my life. It's a man with all kinds of potential, a man with all kinds of talents and abilities, come on, who makes defining decisions in the bad or in the wrong direction, and he is judged by it. Hear what I'm telling you right now. He is judged by it. It's a travesty. It's a tragedy. It's a terrible thing to read about a man who does not fulfill, come on, he does not fulfill his God-given purpose in life. There's a lot of layers to this. Cora, find your lane and stay in it. Hallelujah. Find your lane and stay in it. Come on, there's an admonishment I must give right now. More than ever before, we need to hear this as the body of Christ. Come on, we can't compete and cooperate at the same time. 
Thank you. Two, two come ons, one amen, a good preaching from pastor, and a, co- a couple from the golf gallery who gave me a little hand clap there. I'm going to say it again. We cannot cooperate. We cannot cooperate and compete at the same time. You know what we need? We need a baptism of appreciation for one another. Come on. We need a revival and understanding. We can't do this by ourselves. It takes every man and woman. Hallelujah. Find your lane and get in it and stay in it. Come on. If God called you to be a Sunday school teacher, make up in your mind to be the best Sunday school teacher that you can be. Excellence. Come on. It's not being better than somebody else. Excellence is being the best that you can be. I'm not saying there's any problems here, but I will just say this because sometimes the prophetic is preventative and thank God for it. I've been doing this 24 years. There is not a greater momentum stopper than jealousy and envy. We don't have room for that here. We don't have time for that here. Come on, hear what I'm telling you. God give us a baptism. Come on, of appreciation for our brothers and sisters. There's only one king in this kingdom and it's not you and it's not me. We are all servants. I feel a little resistance there, but I'm going to ignore it. Jealousy and envy are light sleepers. And if there is a proverbial cog that I have watched thrown into the proverbial wheel of momentum over and over and over in the last 24 years, this is stupid stuff, and I said it, it's stupid. I can think of some other words. I cleaned it up for you Northwesterners. If I was in the South, I'd really just get plain. It's stupid. These stupid little fires, these stupid little fusses, these stupid little squabblings, these stupid little strains. Come on, let's look at the bigger picture. Come on, get over yourself. Get over, get over yourself. Get over what they said. Get over. The fact of the matter, you probably misunderstood it. The fact of the matter is you probably don't have the whole story. We need one another. Come on, brothers. I don't want to run rabbits. Let me say this. Let me give you a good translation. Brothers were meant for adversity. And not like this. Brothers were meant for adversity. I'm afraid by the way I watch some of you live that you've interpreted, transliterated that verse that it meant like this. That's not what that means. It means brothers were meant for adversity. I'm going to tell you, the devils we're fighting right now, it's not in that one devil dimension. It's in that 10,000 dimension. It's in that 100,000 dimension. But we don't have to worry about 10,000 devils if we got two people that are praying together. We don't have to worry about 
My God, that's a revelation right there. Who cares about 10? You know what? You know what? God needs to whip the tail end of 10,000 devils. Two people to get along. Two people to appreciate each other. Two people to pray together. Sit down. That was for free. I'm not even going to charge you for that. Cor couldn't stay in his lane. And there's this terrible verse. The ground opens up, swallows. Swallows Cor and his co-conspirators. Fire falls, consumes 250 people. Bad attitudes are infectious. Thank God for verse number 11. The Bible says, notwithstanding, in spite of what they did, oh God, in spite of their decisions, in spite of their choices, the men that were with Cora that were named and the 250 first lady without a name in spite of their devious decisions. Praise God. The Bible says, and the sons of Korah died not. Now, if you read on, here we go. I need you to ride with me. If you read on, somebody please open your ears and hear this. If you read on, the Bible bears it out. It records, and this is so important. I've got to place these two things in juxtaposition. And when I get them in juxtaposition, I'm going to jump from this, and I'm going to preach today. We're going to give the devil a bad day. You read on, and you will find where the sons of Abiram and Dathan were destroyed. It's in the scripture. It specifically spells it out. The sons of Dathan and Abiram, co-conspirators with Korah, were destroyed. They didn't make it. It's the classic case. Brother Sarzan, it's the classic case of so many people. And I have studied this from a scriptural standpoint. And I have over-immersed myself from a psychological standpoint trying to figure all this out and make the connections of how many people fall in footstep with their father's decisions. Can I scream this from the mountaintops with my hair on fire right now? If your father did it, if your daddy did it, come on, somebody. That doesn't mean you have to do it. I feel like it is safe insinuation, come on, to say that if the sons of Abiram and Dathan were destroyed, come on, I feel like they probably didn't avoid the things that Moses told them to avoid. I feel like they were probably influenced by the subtle suggestions of their fathers. They fell in footfall. They fell in the footsteps of their father's failures. Young lady, let me just tell you something. You may have been raised by your grandma or your auntie 
or just somebody else. Your mother may have had nothing to do with you. But let me tell you something right now. Just because you look like them doesn't mean you have to live like them. I'm going to preach this today. Let me tell you something. Don't talk to me about generational curses. You know what we need? We need Jesus to get in our genetics. We need the Holy Ghost to get in our heritage. Sociologists and psychiatrists, come on. They'd call me. I could give them an explanation. Come on, quit looking to Freud. Quit looking to people from 200 years ago to figure this out. But there's something now they're calling epigenetics. Come on, it's, it's through the power of decisions and choices. Come on, come on, ladies and gentlemen, let me tell you about epigenetics. Come on, it's called getting Jesus in your genetics. You can't turn it around without a higher power. You can't make it. Let me just contend for this here today. Come on. You've got a choice. You don't have to make choices. Come on, according to the way your parents made choices. You don't have to make decisions. It's all I ever seen. Come on. We come from a long line of drunks. We come from a long line of perverts. We come from a long line of infidelity. Here's my message. Get ready to put my title up there. God sent me to Spokane to preach to you. You can rise above your raising. I don't care how you were raised. I don't care what was on the counters in your home. I don't care what was on. I won't care what was in the sacks laying around your couches. I don't care that your daddy put you to bed with alcohol on his breath. I've come to preach to that little daughter that's grown into a woman. You don't have to raise your kids the way you were raised. They don't have to be exposed to the things that you were exposed to. You may be, literally, you may be, you literally may be the statistic born out of wedlock. That doesn't mean you have to have a baby out of wedlock. Come on, is there still, is there anybody here still believes in the transformative power? Come on, of water baptism in Jesus' name and the infilling of the Holy Ghost. Is there anybody that still believes that you can get Jesus in your genetics? Change your traditions, change your habits. You can change what it means to be a smith. If your name's Smith, I'm sorry. That's just the generic, uh, I'm going to offend you anyway. I say this right now. That's just generic terminology. It's Smith and the Jonas. You can me. You can change. 
and the sons of Abiathim and Dor, of Dothan and Abiram. They just, they never rose above the way they were raised. They let the things that were said, they let the things that were done, they let the traditions that were their father's traditions become their traditions. One of the saddest things, he went on, he's still alive, but he went on decorated with all kinds of awards and Grammys, and, but it's a sad thing. His father was probably, if you look at the time span of their lives, his father's fame was much greater than his fame was or ever will be. But he's just, he's just carrying on a tradition. His dad's career was cut short. Come on. Because, because of uh, the, the, the habitual lifestyle of drugs and alcoholism. Somebody hear what I'm preaching to you right now. Come on. This aspiring young man with all of these talents to write catchy lyrics to songs. His life's taken. And here comes along his son following in the footsteps. It's the, it's the sons of Abiram and Dathan. Come on. And it's a sad thing that Hank Williams Jr., one of his greatest songs, one that he's defined for. Come on, in the verse, Hank, why do you folks, why do you drink? Why do you roll your smoke? Huh? Boy, I know this church has got a lot of first-generation people in it. You're, you're sure acting saved and sanctified and real starchy right now. Act like you don't know who I'm talking about. Why do you roll your smoke? And it's this, next, it's this next line that just hits you right here. Why do you live out the songs that you wrote? And he goes in, and what a sad thing. It's a family tradition. I'm doing it because it's what my daddy did. I'm doing it because of what my mama did. It's just what we do. It's what the Smiths do. It's what the Joneses. Everybody has their demons, and that's just our demons. Everybody has, somebody's not going to hear me right now. Everybody has their things, and that's just our thing. I've come to preach to somebody here today. You don't have to fall categorically. Come on, in that, the sons of Abiram and Dothan. Can I preach this to somebody right now? You don't have to be defined by who your dad was. You don't have to be defined by your mother's decisions. You don't have to be defined by the shame of your past. Ladies and gentlemen, I've come to preach to you. When you get Jesus in your genetics, come on, you can take this in a different direction. You can make the difference in your life and in your family. And the default that some of you are feeling right now, it's a genetic thing. The default. I'm not trying to embarrass anybody. I'm trying to show you it's a generational thing. And the default, the propensity to do dumb I'm in trouble, Sister Mayo. They're going to go home and kids are going to say stupid and dumb. And they're going, well, Brother Mark said it. Kids don't go home saying stupid and dumb. Okay. Brother Mark is just preaching today. Just don't, don't do that. I mean, you you got to be done with dumb. 
And just the fact that the thing inside that you're wanting to do in response, God have mercy, in response to the pressure you feel, that thing that you're entertaining to do, that thing that your mind is telling you to do, the very fact that when you start jacking it through gene- genealogy, come on, that's what they did. That's what they did. That's what they did. That very fact right there ought to make you plant your feet and say, you know what? Running never got anybody anywhere. Getting drunk never got anybody anywhere. Getting high, leaving church, sowing wild seeds never got anybody anywhere. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to ride above my raisin. I'm going to plant my feet in the house of God. I'm going to be faithful. I'm going to be a worshiper. I'm going to be a prayer warrior. Rise above that. Could it be that it takes one person to rise above the way people generationally in your family have responded to things? Could it be that one person responds differently and it snuffs that out? Let sociologists call it epigenetics. I call it the Holy Ghost and a holy decision to say, you know what? I'm not leaving the church. You know what? I'm not backsliding. You know what? I'm not throwing in the towel. You know what? I'm not getting angry at ministry. You know what? sons of Abiram and Dothan never rose above the way they were raised. They did what they did. Man, I hope my wife's not watching. I love you, sweetheart. I'm going to go ahead and do what I feel right now, even even though the camera's on. Because I got a sister-in-law here who's a snitch. She'd tell you anyways. All right, man, I love your guts. My wife, it's, my wife graduated in the top 5% of her class at the University of Oklahoma. She's brilliant. It, it just took me for a long time to figure this out. She doesn't have a, a speech impediment. Now, do y'all have lows up here? Okay. I, I don't, huh? Am I going to die? I'm dead meat, huh? I'm not going to be home for a week, Logan. I'm probably going to be all right. Maybe she'll pipe down before I get there. It's, now, how do y'all say it's Lowe's? I mean, okay. if you held a gun to my wife's head, I'm not sure she could say Lowe's. Somehow, she gets an L in there. It's, you wanna, I'm going to get you in this. You are lying right now. Huh? That's the next one I'm going to. It's the same deal. It's Lowell's. Huh? Lowell's. Not what not? I mean, she made far better grades than I did in school. And I could say Lowell's. Like, Sister Sergeant, it's all right. Don't get mad. I promise you, my wife can defend for herself. You don't have to get mad right now. 
And, and, and then it's, all right, what's the other one? <laughs> it's better to get in trouble with somebody else. It's, it's roll in that, or open. There's an L in that. Instead of open, it's open. Now, she graduated in the top 5% of her class at the University of Oklahoma. You think you could say Lowe's and open. But one day I was at her parents' house. This is powerful, folks. I'm willing to get myself in trouble to help you right now. I was at her house with her parents, and I heard her mom. Somebody was talking about flowers, but I feel the Holy Ghost right now. Some of you are saying, I bet you do. You don't need the Holy Ghost. I heard her mom talk about that. Somebody said something about some new flowers out on the porch, and her mom said, oh, yeah, uh, we've been over at Lowe's. And I went. And you, and you opened the door when you got to Lowe's, didn't you? And it dawned on me. Some, it's not even something that my wife consciously does. She learned, God, somebody better help me right now. She learned to talk. God have mercy. By what she had seen and what she had heard. Her, that, that is called an accent. Come on. She articulates those words because she learned to talk by listening to her mother or watching her mother. Come on, mouth the words. It's lows or it's lows. Come on. Hear what I'm telling you right now. And I watch so many people. Thank God that's just a little deal with two words and speech. But I watch people. They're raised. Thank God Jerry Anderson was a godly, a God-fearing, godly, Bible-reading woman. But I watch on the other end. It's much more than words. It's sloppy. It's rebellion. It's preacher hate. Come on, hear what I'm telling you. It's bad habits. And kids watch. Come on. Whipping out a cigarette and smoking it to you may be as natural, come on, as changing your clothes. That's what you've seen your family do your whole life. But I've come to preach to you. If you want to, you can rise above your raising. You can rise above your raising. Notwithstanding, God, I love this. In spite of who your family was, and so, notwithstanding, the sons of Korah, God, died not. Somewhere in the throes of all of this, you got boys on one side of the camp. That's fallen. They've fallen in step. Come on. They've just joined right in the cadence. Come on. Of the choices of their parents. It's the sons of Abiram and Dothan. They're doing as their daddies did. But somewhere on the other side of that camp, come on. There were some boys that heard the words of Moses and said, I may look like them, but I ain't going to live like them. I may have their appearance. But I don't have their attitude. Come on. Come on. I said I may look like them, but I don't have their lifestyle. I may have their eyes, but I don't have their eyesight. I may have their disposition. You cannot change the family you're born into. You may walk in somewhere. Come on. And you may look so much like them. Come on. 
I don't know what it means in your community. I don't know what it means. Come on, I'm preaching. I'm trying to escape it. The baggage and the stigma. Come on. Every time I look in the mirror, hear what I'm preaching to somebody right now. I can't escape it, Brother Marks. I can't brush my hair without looking at the woman that I have trouble hating. I'm looking at her in the mirror. Maybe you got kids and you're seeing family members in the faces of your kids. You may have their face, but you don't have to have their future. I'm going to try that again. Somebody needs to shout right there. You may have their face, but you don't have to have their future. Inspired a core. You ready? You ready? Somebody on the other side of camp said, Dad, I love you. But I ain't living like that. I hate to be the one to say this. God. Well, Brother Marks, it's not my fault. I didn't choose to be born in the home I was born in. I didn't choose to have these features. I didn't choose this name. It's not my fault. Oh, God. It's not your fault until you realize there is a fault and you don't do something about it. (laughs) Because it's at that point that that family... That family tradition perpetuates into the next generation. Dad, I love you, but I'm not raising my kids that way. And Cora, Cora, the sons of Cora rise above their raising. Oh, God. I'm trying to close, but let me preach this. And there's no accident, Sister Mayo. You folks ready? God, somebody that makes their mind up to rise above their raising. The sons of Dothan and Abiram that decide to fall in cadence with the character of their father. There's no more mention. They're destroyed. They're wiped out. But the sons of Korah, notwithstanding, the sons of Korah, come on, come on, I understand. Come on, it's a little little scary. I understand somebody right now. This is all new to you. Come on. But the sons of Korah show up again. And you know where I find them? I find them in the book of Psalms. I find them in the house of God. In fact, there's no less than 11 mentions of them later on. Psalms 42, Psalms 45, Psalms 46, 47, 48, 49. You're not hearing me yet. Psalms 84, 85, 87, 88. It's the sons of Korah. It's the sons of Korah. It's not the ground swallowing. It's the heavens opening you didn't hear what I just said you can rise above your raising it's not the ground opening up swallowing people in judgment it's the heavens opening up shining down on people with favor Jordan come to the keyboard just, just Jordan I'm, I'm, I'm hurrying 
Part of this comes through watching patterns, and I've been a pattern watcher for a long time now. I got so beside my, I could not wait to get here to tell you this. I think the sons of Korah, Brother Mayo, speak. I, I believe you are a quintessential example of this for all of us. I think the sons of Korah and their choices give us a roadmap of how to redeem our name. You ready? Here's epigenetics for you. You want to change the genetics? Here's how you do it. Every time this man does the twirly bird, he's reversing his raising. It's no accident that you find the sons of Korah in the Psalms. It's no accident that you find the sons of Korah involved in worship. And it's no accident that you find the sons of Korah in the house of God. The sons of Korah give us a roadmap of how to rise above our raising. I wish I had time to preach them all. They speak for themselves. Worship. Faithfulness to the house of God. Sister Flower, you're another quintessential example. When I think servants, someone says servant, it's, it's the earls. And with somebody with such a dysfunctional past that others would say, oh, they'll never have a destiny. That establishment and those roots, and you've been with the Mayos and some and there's many others, but faithful and stood with them through all kinds of things and all different kinds of the roots that have helped you stand is the service that you've given to God's house. That's how you reverse the raising. They that are planted in the house of the Lord Bible gives us a promise. They shall flourish. In fact, you'll never see the sons of Korah mentioned anywhere else. The only place you find them is in Psalms, service, and at church. That's how you rise. You know what it is? It's creating new family traditions. And I'm not a Hebrew scholar, but I work real hard and I have some good references and I have accountability systems placed in place where I don't get off, off track. So I, I'm on track right here when I tell you what I'm about to tell you. The sons of Korah died not. You know what that means? It doesn't mean they didn't die a natural death. Here's what it really means. Because it's okay to have a certain sense of pride. It's nothing wrong with I'm a mayo or I'm a gazande. It's nothing wrong with that. You know what that worse really means? It doesn't mean that they didn't die a literal death. It means because of the decisions of the sons of Korah, the name Korah did not die. The sons of Korah and their choices changed the face. 
of the name Korah. They gave it a new meaning. marriages work it's the way where it's the way marriages last if I didn't have this correct it's close my wife was conversing with somebody doing a transaction somewhere in a place of business and the man just came right out with it, it he was celebrating his 57th or 58th wedding anniversary and my wife said what's the secret and that quick that man snapped off and he said stay Communicate. That's how this thing works. And I'm thankful for the fish that God sends in our lives that will eventually, if we get our act together, that will throw us up and headed in the right direction. But man, we could save ourselves a whole lot of trouble. Just don't run. Run, run, is that's, that's not, you want to rise above that. I couldn't get away from that praying this week, Bishop. It's that propensity to run. That may be the way you were raised. Run from trouble, run from pressure, run from conflict, run from confrontation, run, run from bill collectors, run from change. Those boys took the name Korah. <laughs> and they took that thing and they went. And they bent the moral arc <laughs> through Psalms, service, and worship to where the name Korah was not one that just died off with no significance. <laughs> You're not ready. I'm closing. You're not ready, but here we go. There's a little mama that wants a baby so bad. So bad. She wants a baby so bad that, Sister Don, she's misunder her desperation is misunderstood. She tells God, if you give me, if you give me a baby, I'll give him back to you. She kept that promise. And in, a, in, and in the midst of a backslidden environment, to say the least, that boy reared and raised in the face of all kinds of perversion learns to decipher. He learns what the voice of God is. To the point the Bible says that when that young boy Samuel grew up, that Samuel, that not a word that came out of his mouth fell to the ground. In fact, the scripture suggests at times that Samuel's life and consecration, that he was the only thing standing between Israel and her enemies. You genealogists, do your homework. Samuel was a descendant 
of the sons of Korah. You can rise above your raising. Ruth had no idea. Just a Moabitess. Only God knows what she had seen before she came into Naomi's life. I promise you I'm closing. Only God knows, for they would prostitute. They would prostitute their daughters in order to proselyte new converts into their Moabite way and their Moabite worship. Ruth makes up in her mind, after a dead brother-in-law, a dead father-in-law, and now her dead husband, she's left with nothing besides a mother-in-law to go back to Moab. This is somebody that feels much like somebody that's sitting here today. I have no destiny. Contrary to the Western dream, destinies are not bequeathed. Inheritances might, but destinies. The Lord's putting words in my mouth right now. Destinies are not bequeathed. Maybe inheritances, but not destinies. Destinies are developed through years of dedication and decisions. And Ruth says to Naomi, I'm going with you. Where you live is where I'll live. And where you die is where I'll die. And your God will be my God. And what that little girl didn't know, she was rising above the way she had been raised. But she didn't know that dedication and devotion. She had no clue that those decisions, come on, like the potter would take a clay and begin to form a vessel. Hear me, Ruth, right then, can begin to develop a destiny. In the meantime, there's a whore that decides to become a worshiper. She decides to separate herself from her past life and the way she was raised. She goes on to eventually marry a spy, and they have a son named Boaz. Here comes Ruth with Naomi. Come on, you go read the love story. And they get married. Ruth and Boaz. And there's Obed. And Obed gets married, and Obed has Jesse. And Jesse gets married. And Jesse has a boy. And this boy becomes so famous that every mother in Israel wants a boy that they can name David. Sounds like a destiny, doesn't it? But it took two young women who made the decision to rise above their raising. I went to Israel. I promise I'm done with this. We were headed somewhere, Amel, and I realized we were close to the Valley of Elah which was not on our agenda, and I pitched a fit. I said, I didn't pay for this. Brother King did. But if you want to ruin my trip, you blaze right on through the Valley of Elah and go on where we're going and don't let me stop. And I said, you're gonna, I'm going to be hard to live with the rest of this time. They stopped at the Valley of Elah. No, I didn't act like that. I went over to the 
the stream and I got me five smooth stones. Like a little kid at Christmas time, I sat cross-legged in the dirt. And I looked down that valley and I looked up on those hillsides. If you read 1 Samuel 17, when David runs into that valley of Elah and he picks those stones up, if you read that story about that giant there named Goliath that falls, the Bible says that all of Israel were gathered on those hillsides. And scholars say it would not be a stretch given the longevity of life. There's a possibility that somewhere on one of those hillsides was a great-great-grandmother. And trust me, if you don't live in the flesh long enough to see it, you'll stand on the portals in the, the portals of glory, and I believe God will let you look back over on this side and watch it. And here comes this little boy swinging a stone. Come on, is there not a cause? You come to me. Somebody help me right now. You come to me with spear and shield, but I come to you in the name of the Lord. And somebody says, where, where does that come from? Where does that courage, where does that bravery, where does that dowdiness come from? I'll tell you where it comes from. There's a great, great grandmother somewhere up there. Come on. There was a destiny that was shaped. There was a decision to rise above. Let's stand. You can rise. Can I give you one more little Hebrew tidbit? Oh, let me have, let me just give this to you. I just mind this this week. Man, and I don't know. It's just plausible. It's, but but it's, it's not that sensational baloney. This is from solid sources. After 20-something years, Jacob, he's a one-God man, leaves Laban's house with Rachel and Leah. And the Bible says that Laban catches up to him, Brother Logan, and the reason he comes is he wants his gods. And I'm, I'm sorry, Rachel. We'll talk about it if you're there when I get over there. <laughs> and maybe, I, I don't know. I still have mixed feelings about this. The Bible never says Rachel worshipped them. We do know that they were buried later on. And we do know that the Bible says that they were under her. Let me tell you how one God. Now, we're, we're Jesus' name. We're born again of water and spirit people. But you cannot separate all... The Jewishness. I mean, Jesus was Jewish. Okay? So th these things, you, you got to consider this. But they're so one God. They are so one God. They don't believe. They, they, you go read it. You can go find it today. It's easily found. They don't believe Rachel took those to worship. They believe. They are so one God. They believe that Jacob had made such a... <laughs> difference in Rachel's life that when she left her dad's house she said dad you ain't you ain't worshiping them gods anymore <laughs> now I don't know that's, but something just rings and to me it's another one of those deals Rachel you may have been raised Abraham you may have been raised in the house of idols 
But Abram, if you can make the difference in your house, Gideon, if you can make the difference in your house, and if Rachel, if you're willing to carry off your idols, your daddy's idols, because you don't want him worshiping those idols anymore, I'm telling somebody today, you can make the difference in your family. But watch, here it is, as for, we quote it too fast, Brother Mayo. As for me and my house, we will serve, we quote it too fast. As for, well, if my husband or if my wife or if my boyfriend or if, no, as for me. Take somebody by the hand. I'm finished. Get somebody by the hand, link up to somebody. You may think you know who I'm preaching to, but I'm telling you, you don't know all the stuff that the Holy Ghost is touching right now. We're, we're going to move here in a moment, but the Holy Ghost is moving right where we're standing. I want you to lift your voice, and I want you to pray right now that God would have his way in the hearts of you, of men and women across this building right now. Come on, lift your voice and pray. You may have been raised in a house of hate, a hate for anything that resembled holiness, a hate that resembled anything that was godly, a hate that resembled anything that was wholesome. You may have been raised in that kind of house, a hate for the church, a hate for preachers, a hate. You can rise above that. Come on, you may come from a long line of backsliders. Come on, you don't have to, you don't have to have those feelings about preachers. You don't have to have those feelings about the church. You don't, you may have been raised with people bad mouthing the church and bad mouthing the ministry. I'm preaching to somebody. You can rise. Your parents may be reprobates. They may have died reprobates, but you can rise above being a reprobate. You can rise above. Watch it. Track it. Come on. My little nephew's over here. Come on. I love brave to death. But ladies and gentlemen, come on. Do you believe in heritage? Absolutely. But I'm telling you, it's decisions. It's generation after generation after generation. But brave, come on. He's never going to see things. Come on. That his papa's seen. He's never, he's never going to see the things my dad witnessed. He's never going to experience the things. Because destinies are not bequeathed. Inheritances are. Destinies are developed through dedication. The creative power of God's at work right now in your life. And He's working through that choice of yours to get in His Word and your choice to get in his house and your choice to get in prayer. The creative power of God is taken. I hear the slap, you hear me, I hear the thud of the clay. I don't know what it's looked like in the past. I don't know, but I'm telling you, let's go back to the potter's house and you're making decisions and whatever. I wish somebody would give me a name. Come on, your last name, talk to me. Come on, holler your last name. Come on, so, ho holler. He's taking sergeant. He's taking. Knudsen. He's taking. And I hear the thud. Dave, I hear the thud of that clay. And through our decisions, the potter is breaking that down. 
And he's saying, and the sons of Korah died not. I'm going to take the decisions of these boys and I'm going to begin to reshape something. Come on. Come on. Korah is going to look different. Gazande, Earl, Marks. Come on. It's going to look different. You put your name in there. It's not going to, lay, it's not going to look the way it's looked for the last 50 years. If you're here and you know the Holy Ghost is talking to you right now, right now you know he's talking to you. I want you to step out from where you're standing. I want you to come around this building, the front of this building right now. If you've got a guest that you know has moved, I want you to practice good soul savvy. Practice it. Be kind. But if you've got a guest with you that's moved, I want you to invite them to come with you. We're not going to twist your arm. We're not going to make you do anything you don't want to do. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. You can rise above it. You can rise above it. Come on, that's it. Come on. Don't be afraid. Oh, I never want to do anything to embarrass my parents. Oh, what we're talking about is not going to embarrass. It's not going to embarrass your parents. Come on. What we're talking about here today is not going to embarrass your parents. What we're talking about here today, come on, and the sons of Korah died not. This is going to make all the difference in your family. Come on. You getting the Holy Ghost is going to lead to your mama getting the Holy Ghost. You getting the whole, come on, come on. What you're doing right now is going to cause people to realize this is what I've been looking for my whole life. This is what's been missing my whole life. If you've got a good heritage, if you were raised in a godly home, I want you to find somebody to stand next to. If you got God-fearing parents, I want you to find somebody to stand next to. Come on, everybody in the altar right now. Find somebody to connect with. Come on, come on. If you're here and you're struggling, if you're here, can I preach to somebody right now? Come on, that's generational spirits trying to talk you out of your destiny. If you're discouraged, we're not making any headway. Come on, I feel like I'm failing. I feel like I'm taking two steps back to everyone I take forward. Come on, that's generational spirits that are not happy about the sons of Korah dying not. Hang in there, baby. Stay committed. Stay consecrated. Don't throw the towel in. I, I need prayers more than I need singers, but I could use a singer or two to help Brother Jordan. Come on. Just give me a singer. Come on. But let's pray. I need somebody helping me pray. You can receive the Holy Ghost today. You can be baptized in Jesus' name today. You can repent of your sins today. Come on. Would somebody pay the dead back? Would you help me pray for somebody? A young man. Come on, a young lady, a young person. Come on, their parents didn't get them up this morning. Their mom didn't iron their shirt for them. Oh, God, somebody's rising above it right now. That's it, sis. Don't you let anybody. I'm going to prophesy to you right now. Don't you let anybody talk you out of this. I see you standing in that bookstore today, and I said, oh, yes. She's rising above her raisin. Don't you let the devil talk you out of this. Don't you be discouraged, mama. You serve. You worship. Something has to break. Something has to break. Something has to break. Don't you quit now, honey. 
Don't you quit now. Come on, I got people trying to talk me out of this. I got people telling me I'm crazy. I got family members coming out of the woodwork. My God, that's an occult. No, that's a generational spirit trying to talk you out of Jesus getting in your genetics. Helping me right now. Right I, now I need you praying. I need you to get your hands. It's Super Sunday, folks. We're throwing Something a net out. Has to break. Something has to break right now in your name. Don't you let the devil. Don't you let the devil talk you out of the progress you've made in the last six months. Don't you let the devil talk you out of the progress you've made in the last six months. Something's being reversed. Something's being reversed. Something's changing. Come on. Something's changing in the character. Something. Something has to break. Something has to break. Something has to break right now in your name. Something has to break. Something has to break. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. You got this. Come on, you got this. You got to stay with it. You got to stay in the Word. You got to stay in prayer. You got to stay in the house of God. You got to stay in the Spirit. Something has to break. Somewhere to serve. I don't care if it's parking cars. I don't care if it's locking the door to the church. Find somewhere to serve. Find somewhere to get involved. Find somewhere to plug in. Something has to Service. You got 
You're making a difference. Stay in there. Stay plugged in. Stay involved. it was Paul's epistle to the church at Ephesus I think it's Ephesians where he's dressing the soldier 
Remember? Feet shod with the preparation of the gospel peace. Shield of faith. Loins girded about with truth. Sword of the Spirit. Remember? Shield of faith. We'll be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. Piece by piece by piece. For what? He said that you may be able to, to stand. He said, having, do, having doing all. What, Jake? Stand. But piece by piece by piece, you tell me, which piece did he call salvation? It's the head. It's the head. If a man's damned, if he's destroyed, it'll be in his head. There's not a day goes by. You hear me, not one day that goes by. It's one of the first things I pray every morning. Lord, I put the helmet of salvation. Bring it into casting down. Bring it into captivity. And I don't know. I'm stopped you because I was afraid somebody wasn't hearing me. You don't stand by staying in your head. You stand by staying on your knees and staying in his word. That's very good. You got to get out of your head. God wants to bathe. He wants to baptize. He wants to wash somebody's brains right now. Now, I'm not even going to look around because I get aggravated at people that need help that won't do what I ask. But that's between you and God. But I'm telling somebody right now, if you'll just take your hands and lay them on your own head, there's a baptism of our brains. Do it right now. Put your hands on your head. Baptize my brains with your word. Not with worry, with your word. With your promises, with your precepts. This is not going to destroy me. This is not going to distract me. This will not deflect or detour. Right now, in the name of Jesus, you send me to Spokane to pray this right now. Let a, let a baptism of our brains. Baptize our brains with your blood. Come on. Quitting's not an option. Capitulating's not a, It's not an option. Lift your voice right now. God, I pray a holiness. I pray that you clothe our minds with salvation. I pray you cloak. All right. You want to be well? I'm going to give you the prescription. I'm going to show you. For the next 30 days, there's spots in this building. Every day, you get your carcass in this church. Every day. There's a spot right here. And I'm telling you, somebody, every, every 30 days, for the next 30 days, here's your prescription. You come put your face on that carpet right there. There's a spot right there. 
There's a spot right here. Brother Sergeant, there's a spot. You get yourself in here for the next 30 days. If all you've got is 15 minutes, you come in here and you put your face in this carpet. And you say, God, I am not going to do what my flesh is telling me to do. The only way that it can be broken is somebody has to rise up and do something different than the way everyone else has done it. What's your name? Jasmine? Don't you dare let anybody. God sent you a preacher to Spokane today. Don't you let anybody or any voice talk you out of what God's done in your life. You hear me, Jasmine? Never. Ever. God has showed himself real to you. And I'm making you a promise. There's more. And he's going to show himself even more to you. Don't you let anybody take this from you. You got kids? How many? You're changing their life. You are changing their life. Nobody can take that away from you. You hear me? No maliciousness. No enemy. No ex. No past. No mistake. You hear me? Cannot take that away from you. Boy, I feel an authority here right now. Better yet, let's whoop this thing both ways. Never heard whoop. Well, that's my raisin. Teach teach y'all how to talk yet. Why don't you get somebody to come with you to pray? And whatever that I felt right at first that I reached and just kind of kicked that thing, we'll just, we'll just kill two birds with one stone here. 5.30, the doors are open. Why don't you tell somebody? Hey, keep on pickleballing. But I think we ought to get in here and volley some things in the spirit you tell somebody let's meet at the church and pray mm, boy mm. would you stand one more time and lift your hands and thank the Lord for what he's doing right now somebody to tell the Lord I receive this into my spirit come on as your hands are raised